Alternative Radio. What's going on, everybody? We are back. This is episode 147 of the Dark Windows podcast. My name is Kevin. I'm Kevin. And this week, we got a treat for you. This is going to be a good one. Uh, Kevin, why don't you tell the folks what you are talking about this week? Oh, it's a treat, all right. I am talking about probably one of the last train robberies of all time. And it took place out in Oregon, down toward the bottom of Oregon. The year was 1923, and and to be more specific, it was October 11th of 1923. When three brothers that we know so well, no, we really don't, but we will. Their names were Ray, Roy, and Hugh. Ray and Roy were twins. They were both 23. And I, Hugh... I mean, if they're twins, they're going to be the same age. Spoiler alert. Yes. Okay, in uh, case anybody out there didn't know, twins are well, generally the same age. Anyway. They're both 23. Uh, and Hugh, their younger brother, was 19. Uh, the first two boys, like I said, were twins. They were born in Williamsburg, Ohio, on March 30th, 1900. And then, on February 2nd, 1904, Hugh was born. They were three of five boys born to Belle and Paul Dietremont. Uh Now, I did find that the Dietremont spelling was a little different. Sometimes it was kind of, it was spelled uh, D-E capital A U R E M O N T. Sometimes it was spelled kind of like uh uh I guess it'd be the French way where they have like a D and then a colon and then A U T R E M O N T. We'll we'll blame not the French it, for this one. Not that it makes a difference. It's just, you know, wanted to point it out in just case anybody wanted to look these guys up. They moved around a lot because Paul was always trying to find a job that was better than his last job. I understand that. Now, I'm that I guy. Yeah, I, you know, like I said, I can't say I, must say I, I can't say I blame him for this because bettering yourself is always a good, uh, a good thing when you have kids. And I think having something that a little more stable would be the best option. Uh, this was well, yeah, not that. And if you can make, if you can make better money that's a huge factor as well yeah so but this wasn't really the case for paul um he actually left his family and moved to oregon which left bell to raise all five boys by herself oh so he's a dickhead yeah uh at 16 years of age ray left home and soon later roy would follow suit they would illegally ride trains from place to place looking for work. As you do. Yeah. Uh, by the end of World War I, the boys found themselves caught up in the backlash from the Centralia Massacre in 1919, 
Uh, Ray would end up going to jail because of his involvement with the Wobblies, which was the international workers of the world. And maybe possibly down the road, we might possibly cover the Centralia Massacre. Because yeah, that was that was like a, a labor uh, yeah. strike thing that got ugly, right? Yeah. yeah, there's there's been a few of those, like especially I've, oh, I've yeah. found a lot of uh, coal mines. They yeah. get fucking bloody. Yeah, well, because I mean the Pinkertons, you know, yeah, got the Pinkertons are fucking and... garbage. Yeah, <laughs> everyone's um, like, oh man, they're so good. I'm like, no, they were fucking scumbags, <laughs> like straight up. True, very true. Just as bad, if not worse. Well, than the they, dudes they were they chasing. were scumbags, but at the same time, they really weren't. I like mean, you said, just did... as bad, if not worse, than some of the dudes they chased. Uh, yes and no. I, I will say that because some of the times, you know, yeah, I, I admit they were assholes, but a lot of times they were just kind of doing their job and they were told, hey, just fucking get it done. You know, and plus, you know, I don't know. It kind of worked a lot of the time. But anyway, while Ray was in jail, he became fed up with the whole system. And felt that the only way he'd be able to make a living would be to get involved in crime. Understandable. <laughs> yeah. So while he was like there, his twin, yeah, not a, not yeah. a good time. So, well, just before the depression. Yeah, we're getting there. Yeah, we're getting there. It's starting to get depressing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's 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 getting there. You kind of see it coming a little bit. Yeah. Like, this is right around that, like, Dust Bowl era. No, that's actually later. That's actually, that's, Dust Bowl was later. Um, That was, like, in the heart of the Depression. No, this this was just pre. um, So, this is, like, we're we're getting close to seeing the telltale signs. Of uh, something going to happen, but not really. Yeah. So, like any twin, you got to see your brother. Well, Roy went to visit his brother in jail, and while they were, he was ta- they were talking with each other. They would came up with the idea that you know. You know, we're both fed up with this, and so the hell with it. You know, I think we're going to turn to a life of crime. Once, Sounds uh, like a good idea. Yeah, once you're out. So when Ray was released from jail, he re- rejoined Roy, and they would move to Chicago to try <laughs> to join a gang. You want to get join a life of crime, you go to Chicago, especially back then. Yep. Well... Joining a gang never panned out for them. So they tucked tail, moved back to Oregon. And they reunited with their brother, Hugh. The twins talked Hugh into helping them rob a bank. Because why the hell not? I mean, yeah, he's your your little brother. You can kind of convince him to do stuff, even though he really doesn't want to. Uh, I don't necessarily think he, but he probably did. He probably yeah, did, but you know, yeah. it's easier to convince your younger brother to help you than your older brother. Well, so their attempt to rob a bank was actually foiled. 
and it wasn't by the cops. It was actually by a gang. Dude, these guys are bad at crime. Yeah, well, they, no, not really bad at crime. They just, um, they can't really get their foot in the door of crime. Because I mean, something... the same thing as being bad at crime. <laughs> well, yes and no. I mean, bad at crime is just you try it and it, and it fails miserably because, you know, you just suck. And or just you do something wrong every they time. Did, they haven't done anything wrong at all. They just haven't, you know, things just haven't panned out for them. Well, in this t- case, the panning out was that a gang pulled up to the bank that they were about to rob, and they robbed that very bank themselves. So, listen here, motherfucker. We were here first. Well, I don't think they even got okay. to that point of of getting to the bank. They actually didn't even get to this to the bank at all. They saw it from a distance. They're like, okay, so oh, it doesn't hey, count. Look. Then they weren't they weren't about to rob the bank. They were like in the vicinity of the bank and witnessed a bank robbery. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They, so they weren't about to rob the bank. They just like no. Hey, we, no, should, they we were, should maybe think about robbing that bank. No, they were about to go rob the bank. And when they were on the way, they get to probably next uh, street over, and here comes a Model A or whatever, and well, as a gang in that side of it. And I'm, I'm still going with bad at crime. Huh. So this was just a minor setback for them. And so they waited a while for the right time to strike. And while they waited, they actually took jobs as loggers. Well, the time was right. And on September of 1923, they decided on a target. And that target was the Southern Pacific's number 13 train, also known as number... 13 gold special train years before when the gold rush was still on the gold special had carried plenty of quote color over the Siskiyou's in or uh, into Oregon and if you don't know what the Siskiyou's are they're a mountain range I um, kind of get that, that. <laughs> yeah that are in uh, northern uh, southern uh, Oregon uh, the California gold fields had long since uh, petered out for commercial purposes, but the train still had the the cachet, and the brothers had some reason to believe it would be carrying something particularly valuable in its mail car to the sum of probably around $40,000 worth of gold. That's what they figured. Right. So, with that in mind, they set up camp in the Siskiyou's Mountains, just south of Ashland, Oregon, and started to make plans on how they would go about robbing the train. They knew that the train had to go through a tunnel that was a half mile long. So, they had set up their camp at a camp that was near the tunnel, um, so you know, which makes it easier access for them. Right, and being a half mile long, you get a little bit of little bit of wiggle room as to where you can set up inside the tunnel or outside the tunnel or wherever yep. you want, basically. Yep. Uh, they knew that the train would have to slow down 
to go into the tunnel. Right. This would give them the opportunity to jump on the train as it entered the tunnel, and they'd be able to set up, uh, set out on the mission of robbing the train. So on October 13th, they put their plan into motion. As the train slowed to make it the way into the tunnel, which was called, <laughs> I shit you not, Tunnel 13. Ah, <laughs> very creative, Oregon. Good job. Yes. I really wish I could say that 13 was a lucky number for them. And that's no. why they picked the train and the tunnel and all that good stuff. But it really wasn't. No. Uh, as the train brake checked before going into the tunnel, both Roy and Hugh jumped onto the train and made their way into the engine house. <laughs> they would waste no time at all and raise their weapons as they came in. Of they course, were carrying yeah. a sawed-off shotgun, which nice. Roy handled. And Hugh had a forty-five automatic. Okay. Uh, they forced the engineer, Sidney Bates, to stop the engine by the end of the tunnel. They did this, they did this so that because they kind of what didn't want the passengers on the train to see what may be going on at all. No Makes witnesses, sense. really, besides right. you know what who the 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 engineer and you know a few others right uh now so i have to go back a little and say that this may have started as a good day for sydney seeing as it was his last day on the job <laughs> as he was actually retiring the next I day i was this close to retirement and yes. you motherfuckers ruined it yep but I'm getting too old for this shit yeah, it wasn't <laughs> fucking Murtaugh he's an engineer. <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't fated to be as such um, as the day would continue. When the train came to a complete stop, Roy was waiting on the other end of the train of the tunnel. I can only presume since he would then jump onto the train at that point. So I have to stop once again in this story to say that while doing research, I did find that there where it said that all three of the brothers actually had got on the train at the same time. But I don't really think that was true since most of the research I found said that they got two of them got on the train first and then one working as a lookout, basically. Well, essentially, no, no, not necessarily. No, because Roy was carrying um, a little bigger package. We'll, we'll get oh, into it. Ooh. I yeah, wish you would. You'll see what I mean by a bigger package. Um, get a 17-inch dick. So Roy, sorry, not Ray. Ooh, the names get confusing. Ray, Roy. Oh, well, yeah, two fucking three-letter R names. Yeah, I yeah. get that. Ray, Roy, so, and Raj. As, Fuck that. As Roy jumped aboard the train... He didn't come alone. He came carrying a box of dynamite. Nice. That they had actually had stolen from a mining outfit. I, I think if you're going to rob a bank, you have to have a surplus of... I'm sorry. If you're going to rob a train, you have to have a surplus of dynamite at that point in time. 
it just it seems like it's like kind of standard procedure to be like, well, let's go rob a train. You got your dynamite? Well, yeah, yeah, I do. I do. Well, not necessarily. I mean, you might be, you know, like a lot of the other ones, you rob the train and you rob the people on the train. This particular part point right, they're obviously not going after that. They weren't robbing the people on the train. They were no. going after the mail car. Right. Roy has jumped aboard the train and he's carrying his extra large package, which is not his pecker. He's got a heavy load on him. No, he's got a box <laughs> of dynamite. Well, that I mean, they yeah, stole probably from, still heavy. Well, his, his dynamite. I mean, they stole it from a local mining outfit. And the only reason why they brought it was because they needed it to possibly get into the mail car because they figured that the mailman would barricade himself in. Right. And then if they have a safe in there. Well, that's, I mean, they probably were just going to steal the safe or steal the money or have him, you know, force the person to open it up. You know, if, if all goes well. Right. But, but if it doesn't, you can blow that motherfucker out of the side of the train and work well, with it from there. Now, they, they didn't get that far. It turns out that they were going to need the dynamite. And the reason was that, well, it's what they thought was going to happen. The mail clerk, his name was uh, Elvin Daughtry. Of course. Saw what was happening. And he barricaded himself inside of the mailroom. Uh, so he was asked by the brothers to open the door. Probably not so very, kindly. I would say very politely, I assume. Yep. I would say not. And he unso kindly refused to open. Fuck so you. <laughs> they placed the dynamite on the door of the mailroom and they moved back and touched the dynamite off. Well, was it a good thing? Because, you know, if you don't know what the fuck you're doing with dynamite, you probably shouldn't. I'm be assuming they it. don't. They don't. So when the dynamite explodes, it not only blew the door open, but it blew Dotri apart. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, they used See, way the more thing. than they should have because the they thing. had with no clue like that... what the hell they were doing. With shit like that, like bank robberies or a gas station stick up, they want the money. Just give them the fucking money. It's not yours. It's not worth dying for somebody else's money. Yeah. Just fucking give it to them. You yeah. know, that's just stupid. Your life is not worth money. No. Clark Williams, a reporter for the Oregonian during this period, he, after the whole incident took place, he later observed that the mail car was, quote, uh, Mail car quote had been reduced to kindling. That was well, how bad no the... they they blowed it the fuck up. Yeah, uh, the blast was so loud and strong that it blew out the windows of the passenger cars that were behind that car in the half mile long tunnel. Holy shit! Oh yeah, you got to think. You got all that reverberation from being in a tunnel. That shockwave yeah. has nowhere to go. It just keeps bouncing back and forth. So that's fucked. Now you got the blast and glass going everywhere. So now we got 
a vile amount of smoke and fire coming out of the car. Right. And upon hearing this, the brake man, Charles Oren Johnson, came to investigate fighting and came to investigate fighting through the flames and smoke. He emerged through to not only startle the brothers, but he would be gunned down and he would die. At this point, the brothers switched gears from robbery to escaping. Um, so they ordered Cindy Bates to move the engine forward, and then uh, they ordered Fireman Marvin Sang to unhitch uh, the mail car from the rest of the train. Now, yep. I'm thinking what he meant, means by fireman, uh, they meant, was he was the guy that was uh, actually stoking Yes, the guy uh, that the run, running, the, running the uh, yeah guy running the engine, yeah, like, feeding these were the engine, yeah, coal trains, I believe at the time. Yep, um, yeah, that's exactly what it was. So he's ordered to unhitch the mail car from the rest of the train. He goes about trying to do this, and he's not able to do so because the blast from the dynamite caused so much damage so that up the, the cars couplings. could not be separated at all. They also tried to find that $40,000 that was supposed to be on the train, and they couldn't find it at all. Uh, spoiler alert, I bet it's not there. No. No, it's not. Jesus Christ. <clears throat> um, so I guess this is where getting your research straight and knowing a little something about the items you're using goes a long way in making mm-hmm. a heist a <laughs> successful one. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah, it'd be a lot better than you know, now having to kill people. These, these so guys were not finding... uh, were not Matasaranu and Phillips. They didn't plan yeah. this shit out real well. Yeah, no. Uh, so upon finding no money and not being able to get away from the rest of the train, the boys once again switched gears and decided that leaving no one alive to ID them was their only option. So. They've already gunned down uh, Clark Wood. They already gunned down um, Charles Johnson. They, well, blew up Elvin Dartrey. So they gunned down Sidney Bates and Marvin Sang. Jesus Christ, guys. Yeah. And not only did they just do this, you know, they didn't just like, oh, wait for them to turn their backs or whatever and just shoot them. No. Fucking! They went. They had their had their guys had their hands up and they shot them, dead, cold. Huh. so they're real um, pieces of shit. Yeah. Later, the coroner would determine that the bullets went through the raised arms of the victims before striking their temples. Their brothers knew that they were no longer train robbers but killers, so they fled into the Siskiyou's woods. Nearby, uh. Rail construction crews heard the blast, rushed to the scene, found the four dead men, and summoned help. Summoned help. Um, before long, lawmen and vigilantes of every stripe were uh, combing the hills for the brothers. Banner headlines erupted across the nation. The the brothers, as I said, went into the woods to hide, but to be more specific, they went to a cabin in the woods. 
They would Good stay movie. in the cabin for several days so that they would be able to avoid any eventual posses that would be coming to look for them. Uh, at least Jesus one of the Christ. places that I was looking into uh, at, while researching said that they may have stayed in the cabin for as long as a week and a half before moving on. So it was only some say that it was several days, um, but some say it was a week and a half. So I don't think that anybody really knows for sure. Yeah. It's kind of one of those was. foggy things where it's like, it's hard to tell. Yeah. The only people that really know are the guys that were there. Exactly. Uh, oh, so I think right now we'll take a break and we'll come okay. back with more of it. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to hearing these fucking assholes get caught. So, we're back. Ray, Unfortunately. Roy, yes, Ray, Roy, and Hugh. Uh, they have hopped out port of the lucky, unlucky, well, for them, 13 train. Uh, for them, find... I think it'd be for the, the fucking dudes that they killed. It's probably more unlucky for them. Yeah, they find... Uh, no money aboard the train. Uh, kill a guy in uh, in the mailroom because they don't know how to use a damn bit of dynamite because, you know, they're dumb. They fucking exploded uh, a man. <laughs> yeah. They shot a guy who was just trying to come to see what, you know, what, what the hell was going on. You know, you could just run like, hey, nothing's going on, you know, or... Oh, we got this covered. Thanks. Go for help or something like that. Yeah. No, it's more fun you know. to shoot him. Fuck it. Nah, just shoot him because, you know, he scares the shit out of you. Uh, and then you think there's no other recourse except for, well, gunning town two guys that, you know, that you are only, you're the only two witnesses. So you go from being train robbers to now serial killers. And uh, on the run. killers, technically. Okay, spree killers, whatever. But they're on the run, and they're in the woods, and they're trying to stay lay low and keep out of sight. So, while they were waiting for the heat to go down on them, so to speak, the brothers noticed an irregular number of planes flying over them. This was strange so- because, well, <laughs> it was 1923. And an overabundance of air traffic was, well, irregular. I was going to say an irregular number of planes at that point in time was two. <laughs> yeah. yeah that was it, all of them in the fucking country. I mean, I'll, I'll, well, unless you were near an Air Force base or something like that. Uh, fucking Orville Redenbacher and his brother hadn't gotten that far off the ground yet. <laughs> Orville Redenbacher. <laughs> yeah, the uh, motherfucker uh, that invented planes and popcorn. Same guy. All right, fine. To prove me wrong. <laughs> uh, oh, boy. So they felt at one point that almost everyone, every plane on the West Coast was flying over them, over the Siskiyous, and that they were getting even, they would get lower and lower and lower. <laughs> lower than they actually normally would fly. They're not uh, flying. They're crashing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I couldn't help it. Good God one. damn it. 
The, they did not know what was going really going on with the planes flying above them until Roy hopped a freight train to Ashland to pick up some supplies. Sitting in a diner with a cup of coffee and a, a newspaper, he looked down and saw a photograph of himself and his brothers there on the front page. This must have been the point that they felt that they needed to get out of the area, so they took no off. shit. They would travel by night to stay completely hidden and out of sight. They walked along the Siskiyous and into the northern into Northern California. Once into California, they decided that they should split up and go their separate ways so that well they wouldn't be caught. You know, better yeah, or chances. Or they'll only survive, catch one you know. of them. Yeah, and you know you're not going to rat on your brother. You know you're just going to unless you don't like your brother. You know, I can so the manhunt was on for these these damn brothers, and it became known as the most extensive manhunt in U.S. history. The Southern Pacific, uh, (laughs) (laughs) the The Union Pacific Railroad. Yes, Union Pacific. The the Southern (laughs) you fucker. Yes, got him. (laughs) The, The Southern Pacific Railroad. Posted a $2,500 reward. And the United States Postal Department posted a $5,000 reward. The reward eventually totaled $15,900. Now, in 1923, that's, that's this about was a lot of goddamn money. Huh? That's well over $150,000. Yeah. Uh, the Postal Service printed thousands of flyers in at least five different languages and sent them throughout the world. Over nine million of the wanted posters that were posted, uh, well, nine million of them were wanted posters that were posted throughout the world. Uh, let's see, see. I've always, I've always thought that like finding one of these old wanted posters for, from somebody like that from back in the day. Would be like the fucking best find ever for like a historical collector of stuff to be able to find like an actual, um, like for example, to be able to find an actual wanted poster from like John Dillinger or somebody like that. Yeah. That's a fucking instant collector's item. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that would be. Yeah. So now we, we got the brothers on the run. They split. So we'll go back to. Back to the train. Take that little type thing, you know. Band on the run. Scooby Doo. Back at meanwhile, or no, what was it? Uh, Meanwhile, uh, at the halls of justice. Yes, yes, Batman. Meanwhile, back at the train. (laughs) 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 Anyway, (laughs) it's the fucking Wayne train. (laughs) 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 Yes. Runa thinks so too. That's Batman so, when he's just like all fucked up on coke. Yep. Wayne train, so back baby. At, so back at the cry at the train and the crime scene, it was being handled by the standard uh of the time law enforcement officers. Nobody real special. It just dickheads wandering around fucking rifling through shit they found on the ground. Well that was not, an, that was so another thing so- that happened pretty commonly. They were running the crime scene like any normal nineteen twenty three officer would run a crime scene they were using good old-fashioned logic 
This would give what this would change, however, once they discovered the dead bodies of Sidney Bates and Marvin Sang. They knew that they had to quickly form posses to look for their those responsible. The largest manhunt ever assembled included Southern Pacific Railroad investigators, local citizens, members of the Oregon National Guard, uh, personnel from the Sheriff's Office from California and Oregon, and local police officers. They're like calling all fucking cars yeah. on this one. Holy shit. If the National Guard had existed at this point, they would have been there. No, they were there. Members of the <laughs> huh? Some technicalities. Well, they do. They did exist. They do exist. They're real boys. They are. <laughs> <laughs> so all these individuals collected evidence they deemed important. A novel idea was to use airplanes to fly over the mountains looking for the suspects. A law for a law enforcement first. About two miles south of Tunnel 13, a cabin was found which showed evidence of recent habitation and was thought to have been used while planning the holdup. Evidence of douchebaggery was found at the scene. Yeah. So, obviously, like I said, I'll stop right there and say that, you know, well, the reason for the planes was because somebody had said, hey, let's fly planes and let's fly them kind of low. Yeah, so So you can see. That's why um, that's why the brothers saw, you know, so many planes and saw them flying so low. Right. Uh, um, so. The finding the find the cabin and seeing that it had actually been a hold up for the uh, for somebody for a long time. It became the, a second focus of the investigation. Several other campsites were discovered. That appeared to have been used during their escape. <laughs> Examination of case records in the sheriff's office of Jackson County, Oregon, reveals the following partial list of evidence collected from the tunnel. And it's a good list: one Cole automatic forty-five caliber, one pair of Payday branded bibbed overalls. Never heard of them before. One pair of women's underwear. Yes. No. No, no. Definitely oh. not. Uh, that would be funny as shit, though. Yes. Uh, a detonating <laughs> machine. drops his panties on the way through. <laughs> uh, a detonating machine. Fuse wire and cap. Oh, like your plunger thingy, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, several forty-five caliber shells bullets, whatever, rounds, uh, 12-gauge shotgun shells. Some of the evidence collected from the cabin and uh, campsites included one towel from a uh, cabin near tunnel, one union suit from cabin near tunnel, three-bound canvas blanket bags, one scorch coat, one uh uh Valus, two cans, one pair of gloves, leather, one pair uh of socks from cabin near tunnel. Also three leather. pieces of what was that? Also leather. 
Yes, possibly. Uh, three pieces of wire and bone from the cabin fireplace. Two gun uh, wipers cloth. These dickheads couldn't have left any more evidence if they tried. I don't know. Yeah. Like they could they could have left their fucking birth certificates and it would have been like, yeah, I, I believe it. Yep. They're fucking true. bad at this. Very, very true. So once the evidence had been collected and cataloged and compiled, the state and federal law enforcement authorities knew precisely how the crime was committed, but had no clues as to who the criminals were. Therefore, they decided to send the evidence uh, to. How did they not who they were know who they were if they had pictures of them in the fucking paper? Well, okay. Or were they like witness drawings? No, listen. Okay, so, um, remember how I said we did a, you know, back in time. Okay, so when face when the when Ray. I believe it was saw his face was ahead in time. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. I kind of jumped back a little bit. I'm sorry. Okay. If it sounds nope, confusing, nope. but I jumped back. Like I said, we're doing a little rewind, you know, you kind of have to. Yeah. You kind of have to, because it's kind of, you know, they did this, but then we know, okay, we have to go back to the crime scene, you know, back to the train and, and what, you know, how things unfolded from there. Makes sense. Yeah. So, like I said, once the evidence had been collected, cataloged, and compiled, state and federal law enforcement authorities knew precisely how the crime was committed, but had no clue as to who the criminals were. Therefore, they decided to send the evidence to a 42-year-old chemistry professor at the University of California at Berkeley, who had some success in helping Southern Pacific Railroads with minor train robberies. His name Ted Kaczynski. Yes. <laughs> hey, he was a professor at Berkeley, like thirty-ish yeah. years later. But whatever. Yep. Nope. Also His smelled name... like milk, apparently. Huh. Also had like a real bad, like like sour milk smell to him. From oh. what a lot of people said, he was a smelly fuck. I guess so. No, this guy's name was Edward Oscar Heinrich. I was close. Mm, sorry. This is a little me. bit more German, but whatever. Yes. Uh, he was referred to as the Edison of crime detection. Um, and he also so he had another. <laughs> huh? So he stole other people's ideas. <laughs> I want I want the Tesla of crime detection. The guy that actually did it. Well, I mean, <laughs> all right. The, I mean, the Westinghouse oh, Edison, of crime detection. You know, Edison, Edison did come up with, you know, one form of electricity on his own, right? But it wasn't the good one. Well, we are using it, so it yeah must be yeah. Anyway, so Heinrich focused more on the small details, similar to what. Uh, they do in current investigations, which I have to say, this actually, let's come out and say this before we go any further. This actually um, leads to the starting of forensic science in the United States. Okay. Okay. This was actually the first case where it was actually used. Um, he 
apparently immediately asked to see the clothes left behind that police had already checked for multiple items. From the yep. clothes, he was able to determine that there was a substance on them that was produced by a specific fir tree that was commonly found on clothing worn by lumberjacks. So like a specific this, kind of like pine pitch stuff. Yeah. 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 Tree glue. Uh, the discovery alone cut down the possible suspects nearly by half. Jesus Christ. He also found a strand of hair that helped him determine the approximate age of one of the assailants. I feel that it is important that we stop for just a second and go back a little bit because in the early 1920s, crime labs existed only in Europe. The world-famous FBI crime lab was not founded until 1932. Therefore, it must have been a bold move for law enforcement personnel to submit evidence to a university professor in 1923. Um, Yeah. And actually, if you think about it, about 30-ish years later, well, 40-ish years later, they would do a very similar thing in a very similar area with the Zodiac. Mm-hmm. Where they couldn't figure that shit out, so they turned it over to a bunch of fucking guys from the newspaper and an English teacher. Yep. And that just recently got cracked, and it was basically just him being an asshole. Like, <laughs> goofing on people. It's like, oh, we're going to catch him. Like, no, you're fucking not. Like, ever. Yeah. Uh, so, it was a scrap of... Pe- uh, it was, I'm sorry, let me start it again. Scrap it was a small scrap piece of paper that he found that would ultimately lead him to the identities of the three men. Apparently, the small scrap of uh, mail receipt that pointed directly to uh, the Dutremont brothers, twins Roy and Ray, and their teenage brother Hugh. It actually had, I believe, it I was swear to Christ. actually, huh? I swear to Christ, if it, just said, if it just said Roy was here on it, I'm shutting this off. <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> It Fuck actually had guys. his uh, uh, signature on it. Jesus Christ, it's just as bad. It's still his yeah. fucking name. Yeah. Oh, these dudes are terrible. So, I was able to find a direct quote of Heinrich that on his pioneering forensic work and what he found. Uh, from a pair of Payday branded overalls that were found, he got this, quote, in the pencil pocket of the left side of the bib watch pocket on the left front bib of the overalls. Do you follow that? You're a fucking genius. There was pocket confusion. Yes. Left front Um, pocket of the backside pocket. Yes. So you call Uh, it a fucking shot? I can't (laughs) make this shit up. This is what, this is exactly what he said. You're you're playing fucking eight ball and you got to like call your final shot. He goes on to say, uh, I found a receipt for a registered letter postmarked Eugene, Oregon, September 14th, 1923, uh, registered. This receipt is numbered 2361 and is initialed for the postmaster per B. From a microscopic examination of dust, hair, and fibers collected from the pockets uh, chemical analysis of the stains on the garment and a study of the set of his garments in, induced by wear. I am of the opinion that the wearer and owner was a lumberjack employed in a 
fir or spruce logging camp. I computed him subject to revision with further data that which might be found to be a white male. I'm sorry, to be a white man, not over five feet, 10 inches tall, probably shorter weight, not over 165 pounds, probably less age between 21 and 25. When in city clothes, he is careful, a careful dresser, knee in appearance, has medium light brown hair, complexion fair, has light brown eyebrows, well-developed in small hands and feet. I found the suspenders <laughs> of the overalls were handled exclusively from the left side. Also, the pockets on the left side to be those most frequently used. The left suspender I also found to set three quarters inches higher over the left shoulder than the right. So he's a lefty. That's what we're yes. getting at. Yes. So th- this is, isn't actually technically forensics. This is more the beginnings of um, profiling. Because he fucking nailed it on this guy. Nailed it. Well, he he uses forensics to right but ascertain he's, he's, this information. Yeah, he he's building a profile, uh, uh, basically a profile, so, sort of like a psych profile. Be like, this yeah. is what we're looking for. This is you know, yeah, some criminal mind shit. Like that's exactly. Good. Um. So Professor Heinrich conducted handwriting comparisons, examined latent fingerprints, bullets, cartridges, fibers, hairs, stains, blood, etc and conducted serial uh, number registration, I'm sorry, and and conducted serial number restorations on on the recovered handgun. Thus, he used most of the techniques that are still used today to deduce how and who committed the crime. Heinrich was able to link a 45 caliber gun found at the crime scene with Ray through serial number restoration. Hair recovered from the payday bib overalls placed Roy at the scene, and it was established that Hugh was at the planning cabin by analyzing the handwriting on the sales receipt for supplies. After the media publicized Heinrich's deductions, he was also he was often referred to as the Wizard of Berkeley, or as I said previously, the Edison of Crime Detection. So they so with the evidence that he found, he can't put the younger brother at the scene of the crime, but he can put him at the cabin. Yeah. So technically, if they were to really force the issue there, legally, the only thing you could get him for would be like aiding and abetting or a uh, an accessory uh-huh. too. Yeah. But still, you know. Yeah. Still, still a piece of shit by association. Exactly. On a yep. side note, it was because of this case that. In late 1923, Los Angeles established the first police department crime laboratory in the United States. Its director was August uh, Vollmer, a student of Professor Heinrich, who had been chief of Berkeley Police Department. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. They had seen what analysis of forensic evidence and good crime scene evidence could produce. So that's why they started... Uh, started that the crime lab, yeah, yeah. So why not? You know, 
Yeah, I mean, you're uh, going to solve crimes. You're going to catch, you know, you're basically going to catch the people responsible for, you know, any kind of murder or anything like that. So that's a that's a good thing. Yeah. Unfortunately, police work has become less diligent since then. And uh, yep. a lot of the a lot of the crimes that are solved, <clears throat> especially with serial killers, are just are usually because the killer themselves fuck up, not because of good police work. Exactly. Uh, so I think that is, I think that's actually where we're going to stop for this episode and we'll come back next week and continue and finish it off because I'm sorry. It, uh, well, this case doesn't get solved. Like, you know what they see on TV, like, fucking timely fashion it takes four years yeah okay about right yeah usually shit like this is not it's not fucking solved in 42 minutes like it is on tv it's yeah it's a process yeah um and you know like i said well i'll I'll end with this it's four years for them to get you know for anything to happen Meantime, like I said, the brothers split up when they got to Northern California and went their own ways. Hugh was the only one to actually split from, you know, from anyone else. Uh, He would head for Chicago, and from there, he would join the military. (laughs) Ray and Roy. Hiding in plain sight. Yep. Ray and Roy, they actually hid in even more plain sight being twins. Well, twins mostly stick together. They became, so, cops. huh? They became cops and solved their own crime. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, they would actually, uh, move to Ohio. No. Oh. And, and start, you know, start families and everything else. Uh, until, well, Four years later, they managed to get caught in 1927. And that is where we will pick up next week with them being caught and how they were caught. I'm guessing they were doing something fucking stupid with these guys. No. Nope. Wait, was that good police work? Nope. (laughs) Of course not. It never is. I fucking told you. It's never good it's police a- work. No. It's some and- dickhead screwing up. No. 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 Nope. <laughs> it's fucking pure coincidence. <clears throat> Same thing as, as somebody fucking up. <laughs> no. I'm telling you. No. <laughs> they just so happen to try to rob another train. Let's and just they're say- like, hey. We've ju- I think we've done this before. We did real bad at it that time, too. Let's, Let's try it again. Fuck it. Their luck ran out. Let's put it ah, that way. Okay. You know, luck ran out for them. Let's put it that <laughs> way. <laughs> well, I mean, what little they had in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> they like yep. they were fucking terrible at what they were doing anyway. So it's like, yeah, sure. Let's just, you know, be even worse than everything else. Yeah, right. Fuck it. So. Christ. Yeah. So 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 that's uh that's the beginning and we'll cover the 
them being caught and brought to justice um next week. Okay. So yeah, that's uh <laughs> I was like holy shit. <laughs> you know. This is a fucking like I thought this was gonna be a wilder story than this, but it's still fun because these guys are fucking awful. <laughs> well it's a wild it's like it's sort of a wild story because they're they're um their lack of planning has made it even weirder. You yeah, know? yeah. But also, you know, what came out of this was the beginnings of what we have for yeah, you know, uh, of law enforcement now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. So without this case, I mean, you know, who knows how long it would have been before, uh, you know, we actually got something, you know, uh criminal justice system like we have now you know forensic evidence and stuff like that who knows it's one of those things where it, it still would have happened oh yeah it yeah just would have been it just would have been a, a much longer circumstance you know, 10 been years a lot longer 10 years 15 years i mean it could have well, who <clears throat> knows hold on who just really for knows? shifts and kicks here hold on <clears throat> this took place and you said 1923 yeah I'm just trying to look up another. Um, another case in that. Oh, out in the West Coast right there. I mean, if you're going on. California crimes wise, it probably would have been like another 40 ish years when the Black Dahlia happened. Because the police put in some pretty hefty work on that as well. Well, but, but Black Dahlia wasn't for another it was 1947, so it was another yeah, 20, 20 years. years. Yeah. But. Yeah, so, I mean... <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. Yeah, by the end, I have to say this. You know, I was kind of astonished how... You might, you'll probably be astonished how, it, how this turns out. Um, I'm kind of fucking shocked at how it's going already. Like, I didn't yeah. expect there to be, like a series of murders involved and, and four years uh, between them being, you know, w- when shit actually, you know, gets figured out and they're actually being caught. Yeah. I honestly thought this was going to be a lot shorter story when you're like, Oh, they set the dynamite up on the door, but they didn't know how to use it. And I'm like, these fucking morons blow themselves up. <laughs> End of story. Very quick episode. Have a good week. Yes. Yes. Have a, have a good but, one. <clears throat> bye. bye See you later. Yeah. Nope. Not the case. But no, instead they exploded an innocent man that died for somebody else's money like a fucking moron. Exactly. Exactly. So, with that said... I Go over to studio.com and find yourself a fine pair of headphones or earbuds where you can listen to what we were just talking about. When you find what you want, you put it into your cart and you put checkout... You, you put, put it in che- your cart. <laughs> yes. And at checkout, you put in the, the promo code of darkwindows 15 get you 15% off your entire order. And I'm sure there's probably a little gift. They usually have like a little gift bag or something like that going with them right now. Yeah, too. there is this um, week, this month. Uh, I don't remember what it is. And also, if you, you, if you get a pair it. of, if you get a pair of the Ets, which are, uh, they look a lot like if like studios version of the AirPods, uh, they have a wireless, tra- uh, 
wireless charging station for them now too which is pretty damn cool i was thinking about getting a pair just for that yeah you know to see if maybe it would work with uh with my 12s or anything like that but i don't know they actually reduced the price on the ets uh they are now so like 99 dollars or something like that us something like that and the charging case isn't that much either um it's like 40 bucks yeah, it's wireless, Bluetooth, wireless, you know, Bluetooth charging, which is awesome. Yes, you know that that's actually pretty fucking cool. I like that because I use that from well, two of the cell phones I've had lately have been Bluetooth charging. You know, just kind of cool. If you had gotten like two trim levels up on your vehicle, that your uh, your CRV. Those come with a wireless charging dock built into them where you just toss your phone in the armrest, charges the shit. Not anymore. Not not when I got mine. No, I'm, and also it was, a, it was a higher trim level than what you have, too. You have to get, like, the fucking platinum or whatever their top-of-the-line one is. Uh, it's actually the it's, it's an EXL, which is actually the top-of-the-line. And yeah, it's just got leather, but no, they didn't offer that until later. Uh, no, also, not- hey... <clears throat> Darkwindowspod.com. I was actually going to say go over to Manscaped. Like, you know, you probably heard a commercial earlier, but go over to Manscaped.com. Check them out. They got the new Lawnmower 4.0. Yeah. And put that uh, promo code of Dark Windows in to get 20% off your purchase. And free worldwide shipping. Yeah, buddy. You can shave your balls in style. Uh Ah, you can shave your balls to look like any style. You can shave your balls in the dark because it's got an LED. You can shave your balls like a ninja. Just probably (gasps) don't do it on the side of a roof because you will. I mean, you're you're not going to cut yourself. But if you slide off a tile roof with those things in your hand on your balls, you're probably going to impale a testicle on it. You Um, know what? And I'm going to go as far as to say that I I don't think ninjas have to shave their balls. I think they just they do. I guarantee hairless. You know, yeah, they guaranteed it. Anyway, so, I would go as far as to say, you ladies, if you want this too, I guarantee you could use it as you shave well. your lady balls with it. Yes, <laughs> it's you an electric be- razor, and it's fucking ridiculously good. You could do whatever you want down in your nether regions. Yeah, you know. so, like we like we said in the ad, no nicks, no cuts. It's made to shave your nuts. The or, lawnmower 4.0. Yes. <clears throat> You can also, also go, you over can go over to darkwindowspod.com, which is our website, which is not as good as Manscaped, Manscaped's website because uh, we don't have professional designers trying to sell awesome products. It's just my stupid ass and a website maker. And, <laughs> and uh, But anyway, you can find every episode of this shit that we've ever done um, through a link to our Age of Radio page there. And while you're on Age of Radio, you can find your next favorite podcast. You want if true not crime? Ours. We've got more true crime than you can. You could. You, you can't swing a dead cat on that website without hitting a true crime show. Exactly. You know, uh, we've got history. We've got sports for all you sports nerds. We've got beer for you beer nerds. Which I mean, mm-hmm. I'm a. I'm not going to say I'm a beer nerd. I'm a beer enthusiast. I'm not going to make my one that someone else has put all all kinds of love into. You know. I think my I think no. my brother's gonna be starting his own, <clears throat> what, his own his own beer uh, making thing podcast. I have because he's already coming up with his own beer. 
Him, him. Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a. When it comes to beer, I'm a cheap day. I'm a, I'm a Miller Lite guy. I did splurge and get some, uh, some Woodchuck, which is a fine, fine local purveyor of uh, hard cider. Uh-huh. Which, uh huh. F- F5% alcohol. You can't really go wrong because it's not enough to get you drunk on three or four of them, but they taste good. Um, you can, you can also drunk. find links to our. You got to drink a bunch of them to get drunk on it. I mean, it's, it just tastes good, though. Oh, I have drank in a bunch of them and gotten drunk. Oh, I've drunk enough to get drunk on them, too, I, for sure. Mine were free, though. Um, yeah, so were mine uh, quite a few of the times, but. Um, Yes, but uh, you can also find a link to our friends at Studio to get some headphones there. Um, there's going to be some more stuff coming to the website eventually. I have to really kind of muckle down and figure out how to do shit on it. And uh, yeah, I think we do. <clears throat> and we got to figure we got to figure out some merch again because that other thing that we were doing was was okay, but not great. I I, I wouldn't have been I wouldn't have been happy uh, selling. Yeah. You find folks a product from of a, a lower quality like that, but we're still going to get that. We're still, we're still going to get the, what was it? Uh, how many stars? Th- two stars. Three out of five. Three, three out of three, three out of five. Stars. We'll try it again. Try to once try again. Once one again. We're going to do that one. But thankfully the sticker maker, my wife Shelby has recently gotten back into Photoshop and she knows how to design shit. And also my sister works at a t-shirt company, which is a local business, which I would much rather support than the internet one. And we can start getting you fuckers some merch eventually. Um, but yes, that's uh, that's what we got there. Um, so next mm. week, we're going to come back and finish up a train robbery. Um, yep. The week after next is going to be really fun. Uh, only reason I mention it is because... <laughs> We we got to do shit a little backwards here. We got to record mine. <laughs> we got to record the week after next episode between these two because we have a special guest that only has availability this coming Saturday. But well, not that they need to know that. No, but it's it, it's it's interesting so that you know you can, we can you know reference shit from one episode to another. But it's uh, it's going to be good. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to the next two weeks for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, you got anything else to say? Oh, uh, Facebook, darkwindowspod.com. Uh, uh, Instagram, darkwindowspod. Twitter, via Instagram, darkwindowspod. <laughs> I, post, I, I, post, I post show shit on Twitter like three times a week, and I never go on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Because I hate Twitter. I hate it. I hate it so much. So I just do it through Instagram, which is easier. Hey, that also, we don't say it enough. Rate, review, and subscribe. Yes. On whatever platform you're on. Except for, it, me- well, megaphone, or except for age radio. You know, you can't, that's you can't not a rate platform, and review. Though. Yeah, you I can't mean, rate and review. But any, no. wherever you listen to it, you know, if you listen to it on Apple or, uh, you know, iTunes or whatever Android which, app or something. Whichever local groceries freezer you find our podcast in. Yeah. Next to the fish sticks, no doubt. <laughs> rate and review, please. Yes. You we don't rate and review the fish sticks too. I mean, Gortons are good. Well, if, if it's bad, we will roast the hell out of you. Oh, if it's, if it's bad, we're gonna fuck you up like verbally. Yeah. Especially <laughs> if you're being like super cunty, like these guys are stupid. They can't read. Bitch, let's hear your podcast. 
Let's hear you do a second full-time job researching stupid shit. <laughs> it's or not shit that, stupid. It, d- depending on who you're talking to. People that I work with be like, no, that, that's pretty fucking stupid that you waste your time with that. And like, you know what? You're not wrong, but it's my time, so fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> it's my time. Yeah. I'll do what I want. Yeah. So with that so, said. Yeah. Just because you can't see out into the dark doesn't mean that the dark can't see into you. Hit the music. <laughs>